Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind comments by celebs. And welcome back to another episode of our Kardashian bonus show. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Emmy. You guys, we have just finished season three and we are now beginning our Courtney and Chloe Take Miami journey. And Julie, I am so ready for this. There are no words to describe how happy I am that this is what we're doing. I'm telling you guys, this is a really good one. Like, you know, I love that Calabasas Ranch as much, if not more than the next guy. But seeing a single Courtney and Chloe in Miami was just doing it for me. So much so. And I said it last week that I had never rewatched the spinoffs. And as soon as I sat down and started watching it, I was like, this is the best decision we've ever made. Completely. I also want to say we're redoing the intro right now. We already recorded the entire episode. We sent it to our producer. It's been edited. But when we were listening back, there's like, I would say six or seven times where there's this noise that we don't know how to get rid of. I just ordered a different microphone. Hopefully that will solve it. I don't know what's going on. Our producer couldn't fix it. She commuted some of the mics. So I just want to apologize and also say we're doing the best we can. Mercury's in retrograde, still not in the studio. And I wanted to at least acknowledge it so that maybe it'll be a little less annoying if you know that we're aware of it and that we got rid of probably 80% of it, but there were like seven spots that it's still there. So thank you for uh, bearing with us. And Julie, you ready to cut to the rest of the episode? I'm so ready. Okay, take this journey with us, guys. Here we go. So first of all, they really start this off strong because they give us this very beautiful kind of montage, sizzle reel, whatever you want to call it, of what to expect on this season. So we see Kim coming and getting wasted, which we never see Kim throwing up from alcohol. We see Chloe's After Dark radio show. We see the flashing to the Dash show, to Courtney and Jackie Cruz from Orange is the New Black, hooking up. We see Courtney in bed with JJ, Courtney and Scott reuniting. We see Courtney and Scott at the doctor's office getting the sonogram and Scott asking Courtney if they want to keep the baby. Like we are getting a preview of what's to come. And I'm sitting here texting Julie, like, holy shit. It is quite literally all up from here, folks. 
Yeah, it is all up from here. Also, I just want to say we start off very strong with the theme song being the I'm in Miami bitch. Okay, but did you have this issue where Amazon, there was a copyright issue with the theme song? Yes, it doesn't play when you watch it on Amazon. So I felt like it would be a disservice to watch it without hearing the theme song. So what I did was I paused it and then pulled it up on YouTube, listened to it, and then watched the rest of the episode. You know what, Julie? That is the way to do it. That almost feels like a spiritual or religious experience that you had. That theme song is so special and so specific to Courtney and Chloe Take Miami that it just felt wrong to watch without hearing it. Like it got me so in the mood. I was like hype listening to it. I know. I feel like we're two little excited kids right now. You know what? I am. And I'm not going to hide it. I'm not going to hide my shame. What the fuck else do we have to excite us right now? Seriously. What else is going on in our daily lives that are exciting? Nothing. So you know what? Courtney and Chloe in Miami in August of 2009 is really keeping me going. And I am proud and not at all ashamed to admit that. So this is a judgment-free zone because I, we're going to freak out about little details. And if that turns you off, this is an amazing time to turn off this podcast because I can't contain my excitement out of fear of sounding ridiculous. I, I'm going to embrace the ridiculousness. And also, if you're here listening, embrace it with us because you know what? We fucking deserve it. We are in the middle of a goddamn global pandemic that will not go away. I am so on your page, you have no idea. So we start off with the opening scene. They're staying at the Hotel Bentley. And it's funny here, and we'll kind of get into this more, but they're just at a, such a different level when it comes to being impressed by amenities. So, you know, Courtney's talking about this Hotel Bentley and saying that they rented these really sick cars. So she rented a Jaguar convertible. Chloe rented a Porsche Cayenne. And they're kind of just taking us through the logistics, saying how clearly they're here for the store opening. They brought down Lily with them. And in her confessional, Chloe kind of sets the tone for the episode by saying, you know, part of the reason we came here is because we're both single. So we're single sisters in Miami. And as she says that, we see her taking off in the Porsche and the voiceover saying, Miami, the Kardashians are here. And I'm like, yes, you fucking are. Chills everywhere. Also, by the way, it's not that like I forgot, obviously, that Courtney and Scott broke up. It literally happened the finale of the last season. But... I don't think I remembered how much of a plot line that was for this entire series. You know, like this was really a single Courtney. Of course, we see Scott come towards the end, but this was Courtney in a way that we hadn't really seen her yet. I forgot also, like, I think I forgot how long they were broken up for, that it was like a real period of time. But then as soon as I saw the preview with Jackie and I saw the preview with JJ, I kind of remembered that there was this single Courtney in Miami. Think about when you're watching this, when it actually came out. So far, you've seen three seasons of this show. You're just getting introduced to this family. And so far, you haven't seen Courtney single for an extended period of time. Yeah, she maybe had a little breakup with Scott, but nothing serious. So, you know, you have to remember that when you're watching this for the first time, whenever that was years ago, we're really seeing her in a totally different light. And now rewatching it, we also were seeing her in a totally different light. Right, exactly. So next scene, we're kind of introduced to the fact that in four days, they're having the big Dash grand opening. And if you remember, there was a big debate as to whether or not they were going to open the store in Miami or New York. I'm sitting here like, thank God they did Miami because there's just a totally different vibe. And honestly, as somebody who has not left the East Coast in a year and a half now, uh, I was living vicariously through them. Yeah, me too. There's there's just something about Miami, whether you're there or whether you're watching it and watching other people be there, that will always be exciting. Right. 
So Courtney's kind of, you know, taking the brunt of getting ready and Chloe's in her confessional saying that it's always been her dream to have a radio show. And she kind of used all of her connections to make it happen. And she got one on Y100, which is one of the biggest radio stations in the country. I don't know if it still is or just was at the time. And we see her get to the radio station. She's meeting with everyone to finalize everything. Her show is Chloe After Dark. As I say those words, I know you remember exactly what it was. Terrence J is her co-host. Michael Yeo is the producer. In a second, I'll tell you kind of their background and where they are now. And Michael is really prepping Chloe saying, you know, the station has put a lot of money behind the show and we're putting a lot of money into advertising, but one rule, you got to keep it a little bit clean, no swearing. And it's just so funny watching Chloe react because that was such a big side of her personality. Like she kind of had that vulgarity that was unique to her. Right. She was the dirty one of the family. Like she was the one. And we saw it in that episode when they went camping with Adrian's family, like that was a huge aspect of Chloe. Oh, it totally was. And so it was funny because when you're watching Michael Yo say that to her, you're kind of thinking, oh yeah, I totally understand what he means because because fuck is, you know, the every other word out of her mouth in these seasons. If I couldn't swear on the podcast, I don't know what I would do. Do you remember how, I don't know, a few months ago, we said to each other, like, I think we're cursing too much. We really have to slow it down. And I think we have, like, I don't find, at least personally, I try to be conscious of it. I don't think that it's too much, but I find cursing a form of expression. Like, it's not my goal to have a podcast that doesn't have any curse words because I I like, you know, I'll throw in an occasional fuck if I feel it amplifies the message. Here's the thing. I can do without almost every swear word. The word fuck is so unbelievably versatile that I could never and would never give it up. I think it adds emphasis. I think it's an incredible descriptive word. I just think it adds so much to a sentence. And I am unwilling to do a podcast without having the word fuck in it. I mean, absolutely same. I I try to limit it so that it's not offensive, but I'm not going to not do it. I I agree with you. You're so right. It's a very versatile word. So Michael Yo, I don't know if other people feel this way. But when I think of him, I don't automatically associate him with the show. I think of him from the panel on Chelsea Handler's show, Chelsea Lately. Does that resonate with you? So do I. Obviously, that's exactly what I think of. And then Terrence J, who was her co-host for Chloe After Dark. And at the time, he was the host of 106 in Park up until actually 2012. And then from 2012 to 2015, he was the co-anchor of E! News, Also, he was dating Jasmine Sanders for a while. And there was kind of, I didn't really fully understand what happened there. It was always like a little bit of bad blood. It was always a little bit of a bad vibe because they kind of went from a hundred to zero quickly. And I remember there was hit and run or something that he was involved in. And he kind of just took a step back from the public eye for a little. So I don't fully know what the deal is with him currently, but he definitely went through a little bit of a like shift, I would say in terms of his frequency in public. What I believe happened with the hit and run was that at first people thought that she had caused it. And then it turned out that she wasn't in the car and it was another mystery woman that he was with. And that kind of went from a hit and run scandal to a cheating scandal. And that's what went down there. Yeah, it was, I know this is like maybe kind of niche, but also I don't think so because They were, one, such a hot couple, him and Jasmine, and they would post constantly. And I really thought they were in it for the long haul. It was like one of those couples that I just always followed and paid a lot of close attention to. And then it almost just 
evaporated seemingly overnight. Yeah, I I completely forgot about it until we were just looking into it until you said it because you were definitely following it more than I was, their relationship. So next scene, Courtney and Chloe pick up Kim from the airport in a stretch white limo, which just another thing, like that would never happen. Now I think it's Escalades only. The only thing crazier than them picking up Kim in a stretch white limo is Kim having neon pink nails. Neon pink nails, but short still. Right. You know, I have to say, Julie, it's only recently that her nails have been a little bit longer, which I'm not going to say it's like a post-Kanye thing. Who knows what's going on there? But it is interesting that it's only recently we've seen that. She had short fur forever. Oh, fuck. I so want to bring up that Not Skinny But Not Fat post. (laughs) I know. Should we just quickly do it? So Not Skinny But Not Fat posted a video of Kim's skim stuff in the closet in their house. And it said with the caption, and Kanye's shit is gone. And the second slide was Kanye during his Letterman interview showing all of the Yeezy stuff in what is seemingly the exact same closet that now has all of the skim stuff. So I don't know if that means anything. I don't know if Kanye's stuff is out of the house or if they have uh, a second closet that is the exact same look as the other and they both just have it for their stuff or if they just did some moving around. But it was very interesting. Well, the thing with their house, specifically their bedroom, is that it's really hard to say if a closet is different one or the other because everything kind of looks the same. It's all the same color. It, you know, There's not really that many details. But the one thing, if you're in the camp of saying that that means Kanye stuff is out, just one point in that direction is that in Kim's story, when she was showing the skim stuff, she basically said like, I now have a skims showroom in my closet. So to me, I'm like, oh, you now have like, why didn't right. you have it before? Does that mean that you just came on some new space? I'm not saying it's hundred percent happening, but you know, it's true. I wouldn't be shocked. I, I it was I'm, interesting. Yeah. I mean, you know that I'm in the camp of thinking that it's, it's not going to work out. I don't know if it's happening already, but yeah, I would not be surprised at all. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be there. That was kind of crazy. It was. It was the first time. And again, not that I am in the belief that they're not breaking up or that they are together, but it was the first time that I was kind of presented with evidence where I was like, ooh, this seems like something. Yeah, exactly. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the Viral Turquoise Tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. 
So next scene, like I said, they're picking up Kim from the airport. She has those short, hot pink neon nails. And she has her camera out. She's vlogging about the store opening. And it's just, it's very funny watching the entire dynamic because Chloe, I think, feels like Kim is kind of infringing on what she believes to be her and Courtney's thing. And you hear Chloe kind of continually say, like, this is our thing. You're not really contributing anything. And her and Kim are just going at it because Kim keeps saying, like, I'm doing all the PR. The PR is so necessary. And I'm not going to be here and help you guys if I kind of am feeling like the odd one out, basically. I can so understand Chloe's perspective in this in the sense that it does feel like Chloe and Courtney set off to do this together. It was a project that they put a lot of work into. And then it almost has the feeling of in order to make their hard work pay off, they still need Kim to have some piece of the puzzle rather than it being, we're doing this, the three of us, we want Kim to come down. Kim, you know, should be a part of our opening. It had the feeling of like, okay, we do all the hard work, but Kim still is going to be the face of this. And this still only works as long as Kim's face is attached to it. So I can really understand that frustration there, whether that was 100% the case or not. It's not that I can't understand the frustration. It's just that I often find in some of these earlier seasons, Chloe has a real difficulty to kind of like put her pride aside and look at it with a more big picture view like Courtney was. Because Courtney would have equal right to feel the way that Chloe does, but Courtney was looking at it more from a strategic perspective of like, listen, objectively speaking, Kim is going to get us the best PR and it's in our best interest and our store's best interest to kind of listen to her. And so I often feel like Chloe sometimes is so focused. I don't know if it's coming from an ego place or a pride place, but it's almost a little bit frustrating to watch because it's like this, she's helping you like, yeah. Okay. Now her name is in the ring. Maybe she's getting some of the credit, but net net is going to be that the store is going to do better, you know? Right. And that was the perspective Courtney was able to have. I think Chloe's did come from a place of jealousy, but it also, I think came from a place of it being just such a constant pattern with them where like Chloe feels like she's doing something. She's finally doing something herself, but then Kim still is there. Kim still needs to be part of it or, or in order to be successful, Kim has to be a part of it. Like I can understand that frustration of feeling like she herself alone can't pull something off, whether that is the case or not. I hear you and I hear her and I so get it, but it's like when you look at the family from an objective perspective, they would not be where they are if it wasn't for Kim. It's just a fact. Like Kim's sex tape and the way that she was able to turn that around is what fueled the entire family, even Kylie. Kylie would not have Kylie Cosmetics, if, in my belief, if it wasn't for Kim. So I guess, like I so get it from Chloe's perspective. I really do on like a human level. But when you're looking at it from a strategic perspective, it's like, oh my God, give it a rest, you know? Yeah, of course. But when your ego gets in the way, sometimes it's not the easiest thing to do that. Totally. So next scene, this is so good. They're meeting Jonathan and Simon and they are introduced as Jonathan and Simon from Command PR, which by the way, Simon now owns that company independently. And Chloe's still mad at him. They're still kind of in a fight. They're all sitting on the floor of Dash kind of talking about what they're going to do, having like a bit of a PR strategy session. And it's interesting because what Simon and Jonathan are saying is like, we're going to get the media there, but you need to invite the Miami VIPs. And you see that it's not that they're unwilling to do that, but like it didn't come naturally to them as it does now. You know, like the idea of having to invite this VIP group was kind of like, oh my God, that's on us. 
Right. Especially in a place they were unfamiliar with. Like now, no matter where they go, they can collect whatever VIPs are specific to that area. If they're going to Miami, they know exactly who they're going to get in contact. They're going to get Dave Grutman to come out with his whole crew. That's their friends now. At the time, there was no crew there. There was no connection there. They were Calabasas based. That's what they knew. They, you know, had the LA crowd and that's where it began and end. They didn't have the New York crowd. They didn't have the New York connections. They didn't have the Miami connections. Now they can go anywhere and get any single person in the place to come out to what they need to. One of the reasons that I love watching these so much is because you're getting such an inside look at the evolution that you just can't comprehend unless you're watching it episode by episode. That's why Chloe's radio show was so interesting at the time and so interesting to look back on because it was a big deal that she had it. Like now, again, if Chloe wanted to do something, she would have her pick at any single radio station she wanted. It wouldn't be a question. She would have a contract drawn up in a minute if she wanted it. But at the time, her getting a radio show required her contacting everybody she could, really working hard, really having to prove herself. And it's still being a really big deal for her that that was a project she was going to take on on her own. Now it's not the case. The novelty is completely gone. There's nothing that they can do where you'll look at it and be like, wow, that's really great for them. Or like, that's a really big deal with the exception of like, I think the last thing we can think of is Kim on the cover of Vogue. And even then it wasn't surprising. It was just exciting for her. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Even because Chloe said that um, when she was introducing the radio show, she's like, you know, I worked all my connections. And I know now you're watching that and it's kind of like eye roll. But at the time, that's really what she did. Chloe Kardashian was a name, but not a name enough to get anything she wanted. So yes, you are so right. It was a big deal. And it's cool for things to be a big deal because that's kind of a thing of the past now. And I remember at the time thinking it was a big deal, which I know we always talk about what was it like to watch that. I remember at the time being like, I'm really impressed with her and really proud of her for that. I remember being so upset that I wasn't in Miami because I wanted to uh, listen to it more. I had a caller in from Jersey. You could have. <laughs> I guess I could have. You're right. I, I think I, maybe at the time when I was watching it, I thought that it was like exclusive to Miami. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so, you know, they're kind of sitting down with Simon and Jonathan and Kim and Chloe are going at it. And Kim says to her, you front like you know what's going on and like you're this big, smart businesswoman, but you don't have your shit together. We all have our different roles. My role is publicly talking about it and bringing publicity to this business, which companies pay millions for. Chloe gets up and storms out. Courtney's the voice of reason. But Kim was spot on. I'm sorry. I don't mean to sound like I'm favoring Kim this episode, but she was absolutely spot on in what she was saying. No, she was. But it's funny because these are still the same fights that they have between the three of them. Like it switches on between it being Kim and Chloe and Kim and Courtney, but nothing's changed in terms of dynamic. No, because Kim is just objectively the number one quote. So that always will come into play at a certain point. And at a certain point, there's always going to be a moment where one of them is going to make a comment that she's making it all about her or that she thinks she's better. And sometimes it won't happen for a really long time, but it will come out because I think there's always that underlying level, not of jealousy, but just kind of of acknowledgement of the situation. Yeah, definitely. People have so many different reasons for wanting to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip or just want to pick up a new hobby or a skill or just connect with a new culture. I know for me, when I was abroad in Barcelona in college, I'm not going to say that I was fluent in Spanish, but I definitely got to the point where I felt really confident conversing. And when I got home, my dad said to me, Emmy, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And he was so right. Like I entirely lost it. 
So Rosetta Stone has been really helpful for me. So if you are in that same boat or you want to learn a new language completely, want to brush up your skills, whatever it is, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone because they're the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really kind of immerses you in the language that you want to learn. So first of all, they're the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. It's fast language acquisition. So they immerse you in many ways. First of all, there's no English translation. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language, which in my experience, I know I'm getting it when I start to think in the language. It's an intuitive process. So you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences, and it's designed for long-term retention. Also, in terms of speech recognition, they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation and it's convenient. So desktop and app options with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. You're getting lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone has to offer for 50% off, which is a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash comments. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash comments today. I'm only briefly going to mention this next scene because I want to just tell you one little thing from it that you need to take. It's when Courtney and Chloe are back at the hotel and Chloe's kind of venting to her, basically saying, you know, I could do what Kim was doing, et cetera. Courtney's being the voice of reason. But Chloe makes this comment saying like, I'm doing this radio show and Kim hasn't even asked me about it. So keep that in the back of your mind because it's going to come up a little bit later. Also going back to the point that we were just saying, like this was a really big deal for Chloe. Solo ventures were not the norm for her. They were not as common as they were for Kim. So for Chloe to be doing something that was A, a dream of hers, something that she really, really wanted, and B, something that was not common and not typical, I think it's just the normal thing to do that your sister would acknowledge that and be excited for you and amiss a lot of chaos would still bring that up and congratulate you on that or ask you how it's going or show interest in it in some capacity. Yeah, I agree. I think Kim was wrong in this because I think what was happening was that it wouldn't have been that big of a deal for Kim. And she was doing this thing in a little bit in these seasons where like, she was almost looking at what Courtney and Chloe were doing through her lens of like, would this be exciting for me? And if the answer was no, she wasn't bringing that same energy. And you can't really do that. You know, it's so individualized. You have to meet the person where they're at in terms of how that is for them. And so I, I like, I got it. I didn't think that Chloe was being out of line at all. I, I think Kim was actually. Yeah. So next scene, Chloe's at the studio. It's her first show. And you see they're automatically vibing. There's her chemistry between her and Terrence. And she kind of says like, once the show starts, the pressure disappears, everything's flowing perfectly. And on the episode or on the show, Terrence is asking her if she likes the guy who talks to her in bed. Chloe goes, yes. Oh yes. I like you to yell at me and just scream, ah, dirty names, pull my hair. Tell me what you want. Tell me what you want me to do to you. And Chloe in her confessional is saying, you know, Michael schedules the first guest to be a sex toy expert. This is right up my alley. The sex toy expert, Bonnie Linda, comes in. She brings out butt plugs and dildos, and they're all joking about it. And I'm sorry, this was Chloe in her prime. She was thriving here. Thriving. This is genuinely what she was meant to do. Like, bring back Chloe after dark. Okay, I have so many things to say. One, don't you, like, kind of want a radio show? <laughs> yes, but it's it's a podcast. No, I know, but I'm saying, didn't this look fun to be in like the radio booth and like 
like live and queuing in the callers. Like I was watching this and I was like, oh my God, I think I need to get myself one of these. (laughs) I was watching it and I was like, I think I have one of these. (laughs) As I'm sitting here looking at this computer in this current moment with a fucking pillow fort around it for the acoustics, I don't feel like I have that same energy that Chloe had with a sick blinged out microphone in the studio. But you know what? You're right on a certain level. I guess we do. I promise you one day we will be back in the studio and I will bring in whatever sex toy expert you want. You know I'm here for that. I Obviously, I know you're here for it. I put in a direct quote for you to be able to read it on air because I knew you would want to. Like I, I know what you're here for. Don't worry. <laughs> That's the best part about working together. We really know each other well, you know? You don't say. <laughs> Literally, right before we started recording, Julie and I were just sitting here saying like, I'm a, I don't know. It's not that I make you. We both do it together. These like nights of gratitude where we're like, what the fuck? How is it that the two of us get to work together every single day? This is such a blessing, even though we're not physically together. I can't believe it. I can't ever believe it. I feel so fortunate. It's like the best part of my day. I love you. I love you too. Keep going, kid. So, so anyway, basically they finish the show. They have such great chemistry. It's a really great time. And Chloe's saying like, I think I was made for this. So to celebrate the first show, Chloe and Terrence go out to the club and she looks amazing in the scene. By the way, if you were watching it with us, she's in this black dress. She looks beautiful. And they're sitting on this couch and they're cheersing to many more shows together. And I don't know, they're kind of just talking. Things are getting a little bit flirty. So Terrence asks Chloe what she looks for in guys. And she kind of like grabs his arm and she's like, you know, I like muscular guys kind of like you. And Terrence is like, I like a little girl with a little bit of meat on her bones. And in his confessional, Taryn says, Chloe looks good. The curves are looking right. I'm really just starting to dig her as a person. Chloe stands up and Taryn is like, you know, you're way too small for me, kiddo. They get up, they start dancing together. And all of a sudden they're making out against the wall. And I am audibly gasping in my apartment alone. Same. I, oh my God, this was like the best scene. Wait, why was this so intoxicating to watch? Because A, it was Chloe, and B, there's something really classic about like being at a bar or a club and like being touchy on the couches and then making out against a wall. You know, I think the element here that we're forgetting or not acknowledging in terms of why it was so great, we would always think that I think about Chloe, specifically Chloe and Terrence, they were co-hosts, et cetera. But being in the climate that we are now with like not being allowed to be around people, a club feels foreign and a makeout feels foreign with like kind of a random person or somebody that you're not dating. So I'm watching this and on one hand, I'm like, oh my God, this is Chloe and Terrence J in 2009. But also I'm like, holy shit, these are two people in a club making out. Like this is otherworldly. Also a celebrity dance floor makeout seems like the most foreign concept to me because that is a, something to me that seems so specific to just like being a normal person. So to watch Chloe do that, I was like, you do that too? Right. Specifically a Kardashian. What Kardashian dance floor makeout are we seeing any time in the recent history? Remember dance floor makeouts? Julie, I remember it so well. Same. If this was a movie, we'd see like um, almost a Raven Simone like vision, you know, where it's blurry and you see a montage of all of our previous dance floor makeouts. I'm sure if you're listening to this, you can relate. It's, it's, just, it's, it's, it's okay. It'll come back one of these days. You think? I don't know, Em. I don't know if we're ever going to like dance floor makeout again. I think we might be past that. I don't know. Maybe I'm just terrified of being in large groups in general, like forever. 
I will always be. That's a whole other conversation, though. We are having too many tangents, I feel like. Sorry. <laughs> it's a lot of tangents for an episode. This is what happens when we record at 11.30 at night. We get in that mood, which I love. I just don't know if people like it. Uh, we're about to find out. Yeah. If you don't like it, please don't write a mean review. Please just DM us and I promise we'll button up a little bit more for an exit episode. Please just don't punish us with a mean review. <laughs> okay. So the next morning, Chloe's in her confessional and she's like, I woke up this morning and I'm literally drunk, like not tipsy, drunk. I just feel really awkward right now because I love Terrence and I respect our work situation. So I'm a little fearful of what that kiss might have done. And you see the scene is her in the shower and she's washing off her makeup and the mascara is running down her face. And it was so painfully relatable. This is the content that we never get on Kardashians anymore and we'll never get again. And I just, I never want it to end right now. You realize in this season, we are going to watch Courtney get pregnant with Mason, not actually watch, but you know what I mean? And watch her and Scott view the sonogram in the office together and decide if they're going to keep the baby. Like this is crazy. We're watching the creation of Mason. I would do anything to watch the creation of Mason. Oh, the actual creation? You and me both, kid. Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, whiter looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit. Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it's so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists, and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop, and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes, plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify Eye Drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out LumifyEyes.com to learn more. So next scene, Courtney's driving in her Jaguar convertible with the top down, and Jonathan calls her basically saying, you know, we have a problem. Kim's in her hotel room. She's freaking out about the Chloe situation and she's leaving. So Courtney goes to Kim's hotel. She walks in and Kim's packing and Kim's basically saying, you know what? I'm leaving because obviously there's no need for me here. Courtney's like, we have the opening party. It's what you came down here for. You have to stay. And this is when Kim clearly is feeling upset that Chloe's not appreciating her efforts. And Kim basically says that unless Chloe apologizes and checks her attitude, she doesn't want to be a part of Dash anymore. And Courtney basically kind of validates what Kim is saying, but then says, you know, I think one of the reasons that she blew up is because you've totally ignored her radio show. You haven't even asked her about it. And you see Kim kind of have that moment of like, holy shit, I have it. And it was kind of a sweet moment because it was like they're more you know, human side, like really caring about each other and Kim recognizing, yeah, that was a big mess up. Like this is a huge deal for her. What's interesting is that the reason that would never happen now has nothing to do with like personality wise or them as siblings. It's just Chloe would be posting about it so much that Kim would never have the opportunity to forget about it. (laughs) Right. Kim would have to repost it. Right. There would be so much social media attention around it that Kim, it's not like Kim could ever feasibly forget about it. It was logical that she forgot Chloe had something because where was she seeing it? When when Kim is vlogging in the car and she like has her handheld camera and she's doing it, like Kim used to upload those to her website. 
It's not like there was a YouTube thing. It's not like it was an Insta store. Like it went to her direct website. I know. She's really been in the hustle for a long time. Just the whole idea of social media lens when you watch these episodes is so interesting. Honestly, I think that that is probably my favorite element to examine this type of thing through because everything about this, even just this one singular 25-minute episode would have been completely different if social media was a factor. Everything. Right. Anyway, so they're in the hotel room and they get a call from Chloe saying that Dash got vandalized. So they go to the store. It ends up kind of being nothing. It's really minimal. But of course, there's paparazzi. There's people looking everywhere. And they're in the store. And Chloe has a can of paint to kind of cover up the graffiti. Again, something that would never happen today. And Kim basically steps up and is like, you know what? I'll do it. And Chloe views that kind of as extending an olive branch. And she basically says, listen, Kim's not really a down and dirty type of girl. So if she's offering to cover up the graffiti while wearing her Louboutins, I'm going to take that as a sign of apology or a sign of forgiveness. I loved that mutual understanding of Kim doing the absolute bare minimum was an olive branch. (laughs) Same, but also like, imagine Kim covering up graffiti on a building with a paint can in Louboutins today. That would just never happen. No, Chloe was 100% right about being like, that was Kim stepping up because it was so out of character for her. Like it was so minor, but it was so out of character. Right. It's kind of like if Kim was were to say, you know what, I'll go with you to that dance class. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And also Kim apologizes to Chloe basically saying, you know, I'm sorry that I didn't acknowledge your radio show. It is a really big deal. Kind of, they just make up, which Courtney makes a comment like, you know, this is so boring. I like you guys better when you're fighting. But for me... I just love the piece. I'm all about the harmony, and I love when they're on good terms. And so was Courtney. She's so full of shit. She spent the entire episode trying to get them to make up. I know we say this a lot, but watching this particular episode, it really is the most poignant reminder about the fact that Courtney carried this show on her back for so many years, not alone. It was also the rest of them, but Courtney had such a unique role that it can't be forgotten about because I know her vibe kind of changed in the later seasons, but it really brings you right back to those OG Courtney days when you're watching this. And I think currently we're back in a really big Courtney phase. Like I think we're all really on board with Courtney right now, which is amazing. A lot of that has to do with TikTok reminding us what we were missing out on and what we were forgetting with Courtney. But you're 100% right. She carried the show on her back. Respect for Courtney. And I'm happy to be back in a Courtney phase. It's like we never left. I, except we did and we'll always have to live with that, but that's okay. <laughs> also, like she made it kind of hard in our defense. Right. There was a period of time there. It wasn't our fault. It was a little bit her fault, but we're all in a good place now. We're all moving forward and I think we're all really happy to be there. Okay, you little pacifist. Julie, what is going on with you? You're in such a good mood right now. I just really loved this episode. It was so beautiful. I get it. I'm a middle child. I like the peace. I guess that's true. So next scene, we're at Chloe's radio show and in her confessional, she's saying, you know, I haven't seen Terrence since our kiss the other night and I've been dreading talking to him about what happened. So they get there and she kind of says to him, listen, I've been looking for you everywhere and I've been wanting to talk to you. I'm really uncomfortable at everything that happened. And he says, I mean, look, that was a little bit too much partying, a little bit of liquor. She says, I love you, but you and I work together. And he's completely on the same page. They want to be professional And they're kind of like doing this playful fight about who kissed who first. Very Francesca and Harry from Too Hot to Handle. (laughs) Make that little reference. It was just so funny because 
there are so many other references you could have made. No, but that's the only one that I'm going to make, just so you know. I'm, I'm so on board with that. Carry on. And they then go on air and Chloe basically tells the story about them kissing to the audience. And they're like answering calls from listeners that are asking questions or giving their opinion. And one caller is like, you know, there's definitely something going on between you guys because you wouldn't be talking about it on the show if there wasn't. And Chloe in her confessional saying, there's nothing going on between us. It was just fun. But it was just fun to watch. Like they do have good chemistry. And I also want to say, Chloe has this way of not making things awkward, which I think is one of her biggest strengths. But this was a little bit different because this was when it came to guys, which typically we see her in other settings doing that. So she had that same kind of energy of, I don't know, just comfortability. Yeah. You know who couldn't have pulled that off is Kim. Or Courtney. Or Courtney, but Courtney would have just been cold. Like, I think Kim would have been awkward. You know who would have been awkward is Kendall. I was about to say, hands Kendall down. would have been so awkward in that scenario. I know. I can't even imagine. No, Chloe was the perfect one to do it, and he was so on the same page. Like, they really did get along well. I wonder if they're still friends. I hope so. Same. Anyway, so the last scene, they're all getting glammed up to get ready for the opening, and they have a party first in South Beach. And they get there, and there's, like, so much paparazzi, so much press, and, you know, they're all acknowledging that Kim really did do her job and got them all here. But kind of what we were saying earlier about how there's so few things that are like a quote big deal. I don't think there's any event where they would be impressed or astonished or excited about the amount of media. And you were watching three women in awe of the amount of cameras there. And it's something that we'll never, I don't think, see again. So I was just reveling in that. Uh, yeah, it is crazy Like to think about the difference from then to now. I just think that when you have celebrities that you grow up with, there's usually not such a stark difference in levels of their fame. Like obviously when people are just starting, you know, it's of course it's different, but you don't really get to see that evolution. It's very rare. There's a lot of celebrities where like right off the bat, they're famous and they just continue to stay famous or their fame actually like goes in the other direction. And with the Kardashians, it's just such a drastic, drastic difference in the level of fame and the level of influence that they have. It's just so crazy to watch. I don't think that will ever get old. Right. And it's not just the progression. It's the fact that it was documented because I'm sure this was the same for a lot of people. I'm sure the first time they had this experience with this much paparazzi, it was exhilarating and exciting and something that they found really impressive, but we never got to see it. Maybe we see them talk about it in one GQ interview, but with the Kardashians, we get to watch their reactions to what that was like paparazzi 10 years ago and now paparazzi now, and it's like nothing. And there's just something about that being documented that is really unique and you really can't get unless you have this long standing of a reality show. And so I maintain that that is really specific to them. Yeah, it is. I mean, I was just thinking about like, for example, Paris Hilton, like Paris Hilton became a reality level amount of fame because she had the fame before people were obsessed with her, her, you know, her life in New York and LA garnered so much attention that she was then able to turn that into the simple life and turn that into even more fame. But it started out with fame. With the Kardashians, there was this very minor level of interest from a very niche group of people that grew to an immeasurable amount of fame. Like you're just so not used to seeing things go in that extreme of a direction. Right. Not at all. And it's, you know, as 
being on the journey for so long, it's just fun to watch. There's just nothing else to say, but it's just really fun to watch. Yeah, very much so. So the last scene is the grand opening and they're cutting the giant ribbon. There's so many people outside. It's a big success. And it kind of ends with Chloe standing there saying like, now we just need JLo to come in, which again, how many episodes has JLo been referenced as the absolute epitome of fame? Every single time they mention a celebrity or make a celebrity comparison, JLo is brought into the mix. Which is why when Kim at her Christmas Eve party is saying, you know, I've idolized you for years, she's not fucking lying. Because if you watch, you see how many times it's kind of like if this episode was a Watch What Happens live game, Andy would say, like, the drinking word of the night is JLo. Because every episode, you get a reference at least once or twice. I was just thinking about it as as a Watch What Happens live game, but it was more like a, a J-Lo um, counter where it would bring up the clip and it would just be them continuously being like, J-Lo, 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 J-Lo. You're actually probably right. That probably makes more sense. But yeah, completely. We can do uh, both ways. Yeah, both ways. Okay. <laughs> we'll talk to Bravo. Uh, <laughs> that's it. I mean, that was the episode. I'm so excited for the rest. It was. I had the best time ever. I cannot wait to watch the rest of the season. I can't wait. I can't wait either. Guys, I'm so glad you're on this journey with us. Watch it with us if you want. Don't watch it and just listen. Whatever you want to do, we support that decision. And uh, we're just so happy to be here and happy to do this. And we love you. And oh my God, I can't wait for the Bravo episode. I'm so excited. There's such good content this week. And uh, I don't know. You guys just make us so happy. So thank you. We love you. I hope you're having a great week. And Isabel and I will see you most likely on Friday for our Bravo episode. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract, and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like, You shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.